back to your weekly update brought to you by the team at Mercado. Uh, I'm Andrew Whitelaw and we're here to uh, give you a brief summary of the drivers in the market. Uh, the only time we'll talk bull is when we're talking about bulls. The only time we'll talk willy is when we're talking about wool and we'll never be grainy. So the idea behind these podcasts is just to give you a very short, sharp summary of what is happening in the market, what the drivers are. We're not here to bombard you with numbers. It's just effectively what are the main drivers. I'll also be joined by uh, Matt Dalgleish, who will cover sheep and cattle, but I will be covering off on grains. Uh, it'll be a very short one this week with grains. Not a huge amount has been happening. Uh, the only two major things really have been that uh, it looks like Russia is uh, getting downgraded quite a bit. Um, a lot of the analysts uh, have been looking at Russia because it's probably one of the most important regions for, for grain production in recent years and definitely looks like they have taken a bit of a, a backward movement in the past month and a half. So they've probably gone from you know top end projections of you know 83 to 85 million tons and it's now probably the top end is likely to be probably uh, 76 to 78 with a downside of about 73 million tons. So really what we're saying is that they're going to have a good year. Uh, if you look back historically, but just not quite as big as previous years. Conversely, though, uh, Ukraine is looking like it's looking pretty good, so they might be able to take up some of the slack from the Russians. Uh, in in Europe, they've been just been hit by a heat wave. It's unlikely that the record-breaking uh, temperatures that they've received will really impact upon things like the uh, the wheat and barley but it may have an impact upon corn and as all you listeners will know there is a relationship between corn and wheat so if there's a problem with corn it tends to flow through to uh, to wheat and, and, and barley as well so it's a case of uh, watching and waiting to see what happens in Europe uh, really, that's the main crux of what's been happening, and so we haven't really seen a lot of movement uh, in the likes of the Chicago futures. Uh, on ASX, there's not been all that much trading, uh, and I think it's just a case of the market is really looking to see some form of signal. And really, it's a case of now, let's get some rain on the ground. Uh, things are starting to look a bit dry again because we haven't really seen much in the way of uh, downfalls for, for New South Wales. And now sparks of Victoria and SA, you know, could do with a drink in the next couple of weeks. So really, that's that's the crux of it. That's the main drivers. Uh, really, not a huge amount. So really, that's it. So I'm just going to pass you off to Matthew Dalgleish, who is going to cover off on cattle and sheep. Thanks for that, Andrew. I'll jump straight into sheep and lamb. And uh, the start of this session, I'd like to just mention the live sheep export survey which is still open uh, it closes next Friday the 2nd of August so if you have anyone out there that is involved in the live sheep export trade it doesn't have to be a producer it can be any any part of the value chain uh, jump on to the survey it's only short takes a couple of minutes to complete and it's going to provide Mercado with some valuable data to enable us to assess the benefit of the live sheep export trade to regional communities so you can get on to the Mercado website. There's a tile on the right-hand side. If you just go to the Mercado homepage, you see a tile that will take you straight through to the survey or you can just click through to the blog and uh, the one of the Mercado blogs is a, a story around the survey. So it would be most appreciated if you could jump online and, and do that if you've got any exposure to the live sheep trade. Uh, this week in uh, sheep and lamb markets, we took a look at restocker lamb and indeed more specifically the price divergence that we've seen uh, in the last week or so between New South Wales and Victorian restockers. Uh, 
New South Wales restockers uh, rallied quite um, aggressively uh, a week or so ago and hitting up towards that 9.95 cents a kilo, so nearly $10 cents a kilo for restocker lamb in uh, New South Wales. And in contrast, the Victorian restocker uh, fell away, went down to 7.25, so a big um, differential in price opening up between those two. Now, one of the reasons behind that is um, you'd suspect that those New South Wales restockers are actually autumn lambs, which are going to remain lambs for the next nine months. So there's still a bit of value in those particular uh, animals because of the um, the additional weight gain they can put on. Whereas your Victorian uh, lamb restocker lambs are likely the leftovers from from last spring, and they're nearing uh, the stage where they're going to be classified as hoggets soon. So that's part of the reason there why the differential in price between the two categories. Uh, I guess from the perspective of the touring for producer in New South Wales and you have some of these uh, lighter autumn restockers, um, you, you're really getting good prices at the moment in a sense per kilo basis. So um, something to consider even if they are a bit light on uh, to look to try and take advantage of these high prices before um, you get into September and that margin starts to get squeezed a bit. Uh, and if you're a Victorian producer, um, you know, you've probably got to consider uh, maybe where finished prices are finished, lamb prices holding up fairly well. So if you can hold out for another few more weeks and put on uh, you know, another 10 kilo or so and get those restockers up into the trade grids, um, that's probably your best bet, I think, from that perspective. And that's certainly what the analysis showed on Mercado this week. So if you want to see more about that, just jump on the website and have a look. I'll move to cattle markets and we were back looking at the female slaughter ratio but from a different perspective. If you're not on top of what's been going on there, uh, the data's somewhat lagged by a month or so but um, for the last three releases of data, so from the March through to May period, the female slaughter ratio has been at 58% or above, um, incredibly high levels uh, historically. Uh, we took a look at what it meant in absolute numbers uh, in terms of female slaughter uh, and when you look at it, um, in actual numbers slaughtered uh, of female cattle, uh, you can see that it's only ever been more female cattle slaughtered back in that 2015 uh, turnoff we saw, which was again drought induced. Uh, one thing to consider though is back in 2015, the uh, the overall herd in Australia was around 29 million head, so um, a much bigger herd. We're, we're currently around 27 million head, um, so we're slaughtering quite a few females on a, on a smaller herd. Uh, and indeed, if you look at it on a percentage basis, um, back in 2015 we were slaughtering 14.6% at the peaks, uh, whereas now we're slaughtering around 16%. 16% of the of the um, slaughter level is, is is female in terms of the herd. So um, that's the highest it's been in 40 years, um, which is significant in that ratio. Uh, and if we continue along this path uh, with this high level of female slaughter, uh, it's likely we'll see a 14% decline in the in the female herd this season, and that's going to have some significant impact uh, both to, um, I guess, uh, price of breeders and prices of um, of, of young cattle when uh, when the um, season breaks and we get enough of a incentive uh, to rebuild the herd. Um, I mean, if you consider just in terms of those female numbers, uh, the overall numbers, it's the lowest, it will be the lowest uh, female herd that we've seen yeah, since about 1988 if we continue on the path of um, fairly high female slaughter for the rest of this year. Um, so that's something we'll continue to keep an eye on at Mercado uh, and just um, keep you updated as to how uh, things are progressing. Certainly in the next few months we should start to see the female slaughter ratio start to come off. Usually the seasonal movement is for it to start to um, come off as we head towards spring. 
Uh, and so that's what we are expecting is going to happen. Um, but we'll probably have another update in the coming months uh, on Mercado as we see, um, get more clarity on, on what's happening with the female uh, cattle across the country uh, as, we, as we go further into the year. Um, that pretty much wraps me up for this week. Uh, have a good weekend out there, and I'll pass back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Matt. That was very informative, as per usual. Uh, we hope everyone who's listening has enjoyed your weekly update from the team at Mercado. Uh, if you do enjoy it, please feel free to leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this uh, podcast. Uh, if you ever have any ideas for things you want to hear or things you want us to cover, we are always very open for ideas. So get in contact with us. You can find us in all the usual places. Again, we love doing these podcasts. We hope you're enjoying them too. Uh, we've got some really good feedback lately on things things to do in the future months. So again, thanks very much for listening and taking the time out of your day. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hope the rain comes where it's needed. And uh, yeah, have a great one. Cheers very much. Bye-bye.